Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. You know, the fall will be here before you know it, and the temperatures will start to drop and get a little bit cooler. So swing on by Leon Tailoring to get you something warm that will not burn a hole in your pocket. Maybe it's a nice little bit of a heavier jacket, or maybe a heavier blouse or skirt, or no matter what it is, maybe a nice sweater. No matter what it is, you can get it at Leon Tailoring. You can get it ready-made or custom-made or tailor-made. Just go on in, tell them Abdul sent you, and they'll take care of you, and they'll be happy to do it as well. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Well, my friends, as this week begins the week for early voting, we're talking to some of the candidates for Secretary of State. And joining us in studio is Diego Morales, a candidate for Secretary of State, running in the Republican convention later this June. So, Diego, my friend, how's it been going? Good, Abdul. It's good to be here. Thank you for the invite. Oh, no, no problem. So how's the race for Secretary of State going? You know, it's going great. But before we get started, let me tell you two things real quick. Why I am able to do this, why I'm able to run for Secretary of State. Two things. Number one, I do have the most supportive wife ever. My wife uh, obviously supports me crisscrossing all 92 counties because of her story. You know, her story, uh, you know, she came from Eastern Europe. She has uh, lived through socialism, communism, and she obviously understands why I'm running for Secretary of State by you know, reminding, perhaps waking up some people that uh, we're seeing the signs of socialism and communism here. And number two, because, you know, I'm, uh, I've been working in the private sector, what I do for a living, you know, I've been telling all the can, I'm sorry, all the state delegates at monthly meetings, at monthly breakfasts, why I do for a living, you know, why it allows me to campaign from the private sector. You know, I, I've been in the logistics industry, property management service, in the staffing industry. That's how I pay the bills. That's how I pay the home mortgage. My wife tells me, you can do that as long as you pay for our house and bring food on the table. And my answer is like, yes, boss. So yeah, and then, uh, so that's why uh, I'm allowed to do all of this. Uh, so how's the race been going so far? The race is going great. You know, I am the only candidate who has crisscrossed all 92 counties multiple times, several times. Number two, we, you know, we ha- we've been raising a ton of money. You know, people are donating to my campaign because they believe on my message of election integrity, election security, and promoting the American dream. Pro- protecting the American dream. So I'm happy to tell you we are uh, out there every night, every day, again, because I'm allowed to do this from the private sector. And it's going great. You know, we're checking every single delegate support. We're earning every delegate support the right way through hard work and dedication. So uh, I'm happy to tell you we're doing good. We're raising the money. We're outworking everybody. And, you know, we're out there. Uh, it's not about election security and, and integrity. Uh, is there an issue here in Indiana with election integrity or security? So, actually, here is what we have here in Indiana. And I give you a couple examples because I, I want to talk about the facts. You know, we have seen uh, voter fraud in counties like Lake, Lake County, Jennings County, Sullivan County. I can go on and on and on. My goal is to secure our elections by doing a few things. Number one... First and foremost, by cleaning the voter rolls, the voter file list. And by doing this, I'm proposing to create the very first mobile Secretary of State's office. So we can crisscross all 92 counties, go into the county clerk, clerks, and give them the tools and resources they need. I don't want to tell them how to do their job. That's not my job, but to give them the tools and resources. Number two, strengthening voter ID laws. Why this is so important? If you notice the General Assembly, well, the, the governor passed a law, they signed a law right now that 
if you request an absentee ballot, you, now you need to add the last four digits of your social security. Yeah, you add your social security number, your driver's license number. Which, I, I'm going to be honest with you, to me that's not enough. And you know who started this idea? And I want to, uh, publicly, I want to thank our former Secretary of State, Connie Lasson. She wanted to, she proposed this idea when she was Secretary of State. So this is not a, a new idea, but to me it's not enough. You know what I'm asking? I'm asking that if you go to the polls on election day or you go in person, you show your ID, right? So I'm requesting that we must attach a copy of your photo ID or driver license when along with your absentee application. That's the only way a little more secure to see that you are who you are. Number three, we need to limit absentee ballots. We need to prevent ballot harvesting. I've been fighting the so-called HR1, SR1 for since I announced on November 17th of 2020. Yes, I've been doing this for <laughs> long. You know, I'm the only candidate. You know, here is the thing that I want people to know. I did not wake up one day scratching my head saying, you know what, I'm going to run for Secretary of State. This has been in the process for so long. And I believe the ideas that I bring are different because no one is proposing to create, you know, uh, the mobile Secretary of State's office. No one wants to train folks. I'm going, going to focus on outreach, on really educating our folks. I want to encourage our ho fellow Hoosiers to get to the polls, to vote, to increase voter confidence. But the only way to do that is to give them that peace of mind that our elections are safe and secure. Our guest on the program today is Diego Morales, as this week is the first week of absentee early voting here in the state of Indiana. So we're talking to the candidates for Secretary of State. Uh, let me ask you about uh, absentee balloting. You say you want to you want to limit the reasons why people can vote absentee, because already in Indiana, like 10 reasons, that you're going to be over 65, you're going to be out of uh, out of state that day, you won't be able to get to the, the polls because of your job. So there are already like 10 reasons why that you can vote absentee. Which ones would you get rid of or which ones would you keep? I like to actually minimize all of that. So number one, if you're ill, if you're disabled, yes, you need to vote absentee. If you're working the polls, you know, I'm huge. You know, I've been a poll worker. I'm the only candidate who's been a poll worker. Long hours, long days. I'm the only candidate who's been endorsed by other secretaries of state across the nation. For example, the Kentucky Secretary of State, a Republican who has endorsed me. I'm the only candidate who's been an international election observer on presidential elections overseas. So I went to other countries to learn how they run their presidential elections so it can benefit Indiana. And of course, as you, as you, know, you know, I worked already in the Secretary of State's office back in the day. So why is this is so important? Because I've been preparing myself for the job. So if you're ill, disabled, serving in the military as I did, again, I'm the only veteran running for statewide office. So I can tell you so many examples that I'm the only one, the only one. If you're working the polls, if you're hospitalized, or if you're, in, in this case, if you're a truck driver, you're delivering foods, of course, you need to request an absentee ballot, but you need to attach a copy of your photo ID or driver license. My job will be to increase voter confidence and encourage you to get to the polls on election day, not election month. We have, we have 28 days here in Indiana to vote. So there is no excuses for people. Again, you can go in person. So, so but, but I guess my question is, well, we got we got 30 days to vote in some change, like I said, because the first week of uh, early absentee voting. Um, 
what would you get rid of to stop people from voting absentee? I guess, like I said, on that list of 10 requirements, which ones would you get rid of? I, I guess is my question. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, my my focus is on this. Rather than get, get, get rid of, uh, of all of the above, if you will, I just want people to request an absentee who are in the hospital, who are ill or disabled or serving in the military or work in the polls, or if you truly, truly will be out of, uh, out of town because of work, as I gave you the example, if you're a truck driver, you know, you have, you're delivering food, that's it. Right there, I just gave you like six, seven. I would like to keep just that. Now, the rest, I'm sorry, but we as U.S. citizens have that responsibility to get to the polls, to get out there and vote. That's what I will do. And my job is to encourage that voter confidence and encourage everyone. So here's one thing that I want people, I want to make sure that our elections are safe and transparent. My motto is easy to vote, harder to cheat. Easy to vote, harder to cheat. You know, in, in Illinois, they don't even show an ID when they go to, to the polls. That's, you know, now in New York City, they're allowing non-citizens to vote. That's crazy to me. And that is why, again, I'm the only candidate who's requesting proof of citizenship. Only U.S. citizens should vote in local, state, and federal elections. What's going on in New York City is not going to happen under my watch. Our guest on the program today is Diego Morales. Diego is a candidate for Secretary of State uh, running in the Republican uh, convention that taking place in June. Uh, so since this is the first week of uh, elections uh, for in Indiana, we're going to talk to some of the candidates for Secretary of State uh, as well. Uh, question for you, uh, not not to harp on this, but it's really just kind of stuck with, uh, with me. Uh, do you want to basically say you can only vote on Election Day, or do you want to give people like you no... Know, like two weeks uh, prior to election day, because I have a I have a I have a question for you. Depending on what your answer. Is. Oh yes, great question. Actually, as I said, we have around twenty eight days for people here in Indiana to vote. See, I like to minimize that even in half. Let's say fourteen days. I think that's more than enough. You know, if you cannot go to the polls on election day, which that's what I wish. That's what I'm pushing for, to encourage people to get to the polls on election day. So you will have those 14 days. You will have those two Saturdays before to go in person. But that I want people to go in person because I am against all these mail-in ballots, universal mail-in ballots, all of no, that. See, now, it's interesting to me because uh, in Washington State, uh, where I go to every uh, year for vacation, I did an interview uh, last year in the pandemic with the Washington uh, Secretary of State at the time about mail-in ballots and how they you know dealt with fraud and the, the whole nine yards and they have a system that actually works uh, pretty well uh, matter of fact they send you like a pamphlet with all the candidates all their positions they send you all ballots and they have very little to almost no fraud whatsoever so can it can it can mail and can mail and work or should we just give people different options whether you want to vote you know on election day you know vote absentee vote in a vote center you know vote by mail um, I'm just I'm trying to see what the what the argument is to against giving people as many different options to vote and participate in the election system because someone like my wife who's a massage therapist she's working 10 12 hour 12 hour days and election day she's working her butt off because she's got candidates who are coming in needing needing massages because you know you know candidate running for election can be a bit of a stressful job from time to time so so i guess my question is how do you increase voter participation from a from a procedural perspective apart from candidates uh, again so let me address the, your first question number one you are the only one who should request 
an absentee ballot. What, I, what I'm against is when some of the liberals will send you a, a universal absentee mail to you, whether you request it or not. And I'm sorry, I, I cannot. How do I know? Because I saw that I, many people called me. They said, yeah, I, I got this absentee in my house. I never asked for it. I was planning on going to the polls. So uh, obviously I don't live in Washington state so that I cannot say, I can only speak on what's happening in Indiana. But here in Indiana, what I'm, my vision is again, cut the 28 to 14 days. I understand, you know, obviously your wife's situation, but then we have the two Saturdays before. I think respectfully, we have plenty of time for everyone to go to the polls in person and show an ID, whether it's on the day off, which that's what I'm pushing for, or before. Again, how do I know for sure that my ballot will count? How do I know if it will arrive in my house during the COVID uh, in 2020? I know people who, re- they ask me, they share their stories. They requested for an absentee ballot and it never, never arrived in their home. So they did not vote during that primary. You see, this is something that I like to fix. I like to minimize all of this and make sure, give an opportunity to everyone to go to the polls or before that. But I want them to vote. Now, I'm not here, obviously, to vote for. That's not my problem. That's your choice. That's what people need to do their, you know, their uh, obviously homework. Because uh, my goal is to make everything easy and accessible to every single Hoosier voter to get to the polls. Diego Morales with us for a few minutes on the program today. Uh, in addition to over the chief lead, chief elections officer, Secretary of State also does securities and exchange, also does things with uh, driver's license, not driver's license, but uh, with automobile uh, uh, sort of dealers. Uh, anything that uh, you'd want to do in either one of those two areas that isn't being done right now? Mm, great, great. So as I said, my f- number one priority is election integrity, and that's what I'm, I'm focusing on. I'm running on securing our elections. Number two, under the business division, as I said, I work in the private sector, in logistics, in the property management service, and the staffing industry. So what I like to do is I like to bring back economic development under the business division. For instance, when I work for the governor's office, I focus a lot on that. So I like to bring more prosperity and create more jobs because if you're a small business owner, you most likely have an LLC or an S Corp and you are registered under the business division of the Secretary of State's office. So I like to focus on creating more prosperity for our, for our fellow Hoosiers. Under the auto dealers division, you know, I learned what, from one of the best to me, my former boss, uh, Mike Sodrell, he comes from the logistics transportation industry. He gave me the opportunity to learn from him. In fact, I work for him, not only, uh, you know, during his office, but also in his business. So I deal directly with manufacturing trucks and that expertise we're going to bring back. And I'm going to visit a lot of auto dealers all across. I'm already doing it, visiting auto dealers across the state of Indiana to hear what are their concerns. Concerns. And number four, under the securities division, as you know, they do a little bit of uh, financial literacy. I like to focus heavily on that to make sure we bring back education, history. We need to bring back at least to teach our children how to even balance their own checkbook because they don't even know that. Rather than teaching this CRT, which is wrong to me, Critical race theory is wrong, and that's what it's teaching. I like to bring back patriotism, history, and how to even 
uh, balance their own checkbook. That's what I like to focus under. And by the way, let me add this. I like to create a few positions which what I will call it investigators. So they can investigate if there is uh, any irregularities going on on election day. And in order to do this, I'm already building relationships with county prosecutors, county sheriffs, so we can work together hand in hand. It is time to bring back the Secretary of State's office back to the local government to work together. Is there enough voter fraud in Indiana to justify what you want to do? Because obviously, there's a system with people. People aren't perfect. There will always be irregularities in the system, Republican, Democrat, uh, regardless. So I guess my question is, is there enough of that to make a difference? Uh, has there been enough voter fraud in Indiana to change any election? Because in the 18 years I've been here, I haven't seen – I mean, there's always some instances of some somebody trying to be cute or cute, too cute by half. But there's never been enough to basically change an election, so to speak. So – even if it's one vote, Abdul, even if it's one, one is too many for me. You know, every single vote should count in Indiana. Now, whether that makes a difference or not to change an election, as you said, obviously that's not up to me. i seen, um, uh, you know, uh, recounts. In fact, I was part of the 2004 recount uh, when Mike was running, if you remember that, uh, that race for Congress. And then I see some other local races that one or two votes actually made a difference for county commissioners, county councils. So to answer to your question, yes, one vote makes a difference. And I've seen that in the local level. But here is the thing. If someone is telling my fe- our fellow Hoosiers that everything is perfect in Indiana, I don't know where they've been because... When people do that, you know what they're promoting? They're promoting complacency. Georgia, Arizona, they were red states. Look where they are now. I don't want Indiana to become another Georgia or Arizona. Also, like Pennsylvania, if you, if you notice in the past elections, the Secretary of State of Pennsylvania changed the laws before, 30 days before. That, she, she was not supposed to do that. No one is supposed to do that. So to make the story short here, I am, my goal is to continue to be the defender and the protector of our elections. I've done it serving in the United States military, and that's my goal, to be, again, the protector and defender of our elections. Uh, final two questions before we let you go, my friend. Uh, number one, uh, do you think that the 2020, I've asked this all the candidates, do you think the 2020 election was decided fairly? It was not. It is why, as I, as I mentioned it to you, all the irregularities that they were, people changing the last days before, people sending mail-in, uh, universal mail-in ballots, all of this. Of course, people use the, the, the COVID excuse. Went over and over. I've been checking. I've been seeing people were trying, non-citizens were trying to vote. So I tell you this. You know, it's not up to me to, to tell others, but what I, according from what I see, the facts, where again, when the, the Pennsylvania Secretary of State changed the law 30 days before, to me that's crazy. Only the state legislature should be doing that. I believe we need to do a better job. Of course, I cannot speak on, on the other states, but only in Indiana, and I want to take Indiana to be the leader, to be a model for the rest, for the rest of the nation. i give you an example. We, I'm, I'm proposing a pilot program with the Kentucky Secretary of State. 
So if you live in Jeffersonville, Indiana, I'm, a Cl- I'm from Clark County, and you work in Louisville, Kentucky, so we need to cross-check that you're not registered to vote in, in both states, right? And we're going to take that, you know, with other neighbor states like Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, and we're going to expand that. All I'm asking is transparency that every single vote, and I believe in the 2020, there were many people that their vote was not counted. Final question. What is your day job, my friend? My day job? I, I, I <laughs> because uh, Dave Sheldon is an Knox County clerk. Holly Sullivan is the incumbent secretary of state. I've been asked time and time again, what is, what is Diego's day job? Where does he work? So I got you here. I'm asking. I, and I'm glad you asked. I think I stated at the beginning, but I, I will go into detail. Actually, I hopefully maybe uh, someone from your audience will give me some job. I'm in the property management service. What we'll do during the winter, we do snow removal. So and then during the summer we do all the lawn care. So if any of your audience out there are looking for, call me, Diego Morales. We can, we are an all year round uh, property management service. With this, we have expanded into the staffing industry. So if you're looking for, uh, you know, forklift drivers, as an example, call me. I can get you those folks. That's where it allows me to pay the bills. You know, that's how I bring food on the table. So I'm in those industries, and as well, I'm in the logistics industry. So this is what I pay the bills. Here's the thing why it's so important. I'm blessed that I have a good job to get out there all over the 92 counties because I'm able to afford it. But also, I don't want to be accused that I'm leaving like 2 p.m., 3 p.m. from a state government job or from any job and then start campaigning because... Those folks are getting paid from taxpayers' money. No one will accuse me to do that because guess what? I'm in the private sector, and I'm like I said, I'm blessed that uh, I'm able to do this because I work in these three industries. But the main reason is because my I have a supportive wife. My wife is making a lot of sacrifices for me to be out there every day, every weekend. You know, this past Sunday, for instance, I was at the Carroll County Lincoln Day. I arrived home like 10 p.m., and my wife, you know why my wife is fine with it? As I said, my wife lived in Eastern Europe. She grew up in the middle of communism, socialism. And she, we're seeing the signs here in America. So our job is to protect our state and country because we believe that Indiana and America has given, me, given us everything. Listen, it's never been about me. In fact, I should not be even doing this. But because we are grateful Americans. You know, my wife and I, we are first-generation legal immigrants. We came to America the right way, the legal way, respecting the rule of law. But we came here to give, to contribute, to serve, and to give back to America. We're not here to take advantage. You know, my parents, when we we came here, I saw my mom and my dad going to buy their boots to go and work at the factory floor. They gave us food and shelter, but they said, Diego, you need to go to college. You need to prepare yourself. Unfortunately, you have two other sisters. We cannot pay for you. I was working two jobs. Always been working two jobs, actually. You know, uh, Thor shift, stocking shelves, and then I was working at the coffee shop. That's how I pay for my education. Then I went to pursue my MBA at Purdue. And then I left. I went to study more graduate education all over the world. And then I served in the United States military. This is the real stories that I bring on the table to be the next Secretary of State. So, you know, I'm grateful that I have a supportive wife, but also I'm grateful that I have a job in the private sector, again, in logistics, property management service, 
and the staffing industry. So if anybody is looking, you know, to put people to work, call me because I want your business. <laughs> All right. Well, our guest on the program today has been Diego Morales, one of the candidates for Secretary of State, who is up for uh, possible nomination as party's convention in June. Diego, my friend, always good to chat with you. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you, Abdul. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.